The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen now. I, I went today, you know, I, it, well, I won't take up hours of time, but I mean, I drove, um, I had to, my cell phone, I, I got a, my lease is up, so I got to get a new phone. So it's across oh, yeah. the street from a Popeye's chicken. And I'm like, there's freaking, I'm like, oh my God, like, are you people that desperate? I mean, there's a line at the door, there's 50 cars, and like, it's a piece of fried chicken on bread. My God, you people, what is, what, like, what is, is it just the hype? I they got know. it back though. It was gone for a bit and then it came back like the, like the McRib. I know. <laughs> That, but, but that you're right, but I've never seen a thousand people waiting for a McRib. I've seen like eight of them. So I hear you. It's just, it's so fascinating to try to figure out. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. It's not going to be solved tonight. Welcome to season three, episode 13 of the Better Band Podcast, an all encompassing trip through the Pearl Chan catalog. I'm your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. We're back on the Better Band Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon, and today I have returning guest, Bob Remington. How you doing, Bob? I'm great. How are you? I am doing well, and today we are talking about the 1995 fan club single song. I probably should have looked up which side it is. Oh crap! <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a. I think it's the, I think it was the A side single. A is it the very first? Uh, I don't know. I think it's Sonic Reducer is the first or, one. Isn't you're right. It? Uh, yeah, 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 hold on. Yeah, Let me right. pull up my... Oh, shit. Shit. Oh, crashing and burning again. Side A on disc two. So the fourth song, uh, Swallow My Pride from the December 30th, 1993 Aladdin Theater Vegas show that uh, was also released as Vault Number 5, too. That's right. And it uh includes a gr- or the that the song is a Green River-ish reunion uh with Mark Arm and Steve Turner yep. and then also um Chuck Treacy or Chuck Treese or Chuck Treese uh playing yeah. the drums who I think was touring with Urge Overkill at the time and they opened That's right. Urge Overkill and uh, Mudhoney played that show, right? And they opened that's right. Yeah, it was uh, Urge Overkill played like, you know, maybe a 35 minute or two or, you know, one drink set. And um, Mudhoney played, you know, probably a, a about a 45 minute set. And then Pearl Jam came out. Yeah, it was Urge, Urge excuse me, Urge Overkill, Mudhoney and then Pearl Jam. So, yeah, Chuck, Chuck Treese was the drummer. It was great. And uh, they played the Green River song, Swallow My Pride, like I said at the beginning. Oh, crap.
And so uh, you 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 have all this knowledge. How do you how, how do you have this knowledge for people who might not have uh, uh, heard your previous episode? Well, so and thanks for having me back. So I was at this show, and it was not my first Pearl Jam show. It was my uh, second, and so it was um, interestingly enough. This show wasn't originally booked for Vegas because I had the tour poster. I still am looking at it now. The November thirtieth date was supposed to be. I'm, like I said, I'm looking at the post right now. It was supposed to be in St. George, which oh. is a small town in Utah, which never made sense to me. But So they were always booked for December 1st, but that show sold out like that because this is, you know, Pearl Jam was, you know, they were booming popular right now. And so they played the show at the Aladdin Theater for the Performing Arts. It holds about a little over 7,000 people. And most of the venues they were playing them were like 3,000, 4,000 person venues. They'd played the Indio show, you know, which has been talked about about three weeks before, and that had a lot of people. But I think that the fact that they sold out like that, I don't know where they were supposed to play in St. George, but I don't even think there's 7,000 people in St. George. So they probably just, for a money deal, came to the Aladdin. But then that was the, they also did a radio broadcast of that show, um, which I don't think anybody attending the show knew they were doing that. It wasn't like it was advertised as such because it was a late added show. You know what I'm saying? It, it it was the 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 December first show was always there, but the November thirtieth show was added at the end, and and that's when all this magic happened. Yeah, so I've seen uh, the radio uh, bootlegs of that that people have uh, sold over the years and stuff of that uh, the recording of that show. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it was it was an amazing show. I won't go into too many details about the show. It was just, it was just really, it was, it was, it was a rock spectacle, you know, and, and I've heard some talk on other podcasts and stuff recently. They were talking about Indio and so on. One thing I remember about this show, and I don't know, I don't know why all of us people were doing this, but it was no different at this Vegas show. I mean, people were throwing shoes at the stage. They were throwing books at the stage. They were throwing, you know, they were, it was just this, you know, massive mosh pits, which, you know, I was introduced to mosh pits at a ministry show, not Pearl Jam, but I mean, the fact that people just wanted to mosh and body surf and fly (laughs) and heap and jump. And I don't understand why we're paying money to see this band we liked and throwing shit at them. I don't understand why we were doing that. But, but anyway, uh, this song was an encore, you know, you know, like I said, urge overkill came out. And when this, this, when this, you know, Urge Overkill, I think, was at their peak with the whole girl, you'll be a woman soon. And that was prior. This show was prior to that. So no one really knew Urge Overkill. They played, like I said, maybe 30, 35 minutes. Most people were at the bar. And then Mud Honey came out. And I think the only real song people knew from Mud Honey for the most part, because everyone was there to see Pearl Jam. It was They were the hot thing. And so most people knew the uh, what's the song on the single soundtrack, Overblown? I think people yeah. knew that song. People knew that song, and that was about it. So it wasn't like people were, were there to see Mud Honey. They weren't there to see Urge Overkill, even though it's a great lineup of three bands. They were there to see Pearl Jam. And so then when all this, you know, after the main set, you know, Eddie had, you know, ripped through Rearview Mirror, Whipping, Leash, and Porch, and just ripped his voice out. And, you know, they went off stage, and then they came back. And Mark, you know, people that were maybe real geeks and in the new, in, in the new, in the know, knew that uh, Green River was essentially half of Mud, not half, but, you know, part of Mud Honey, part Pearl Jam. So Mark Arm comes out, Steve Turner comes out, like you said, Chuck Treese comes out, and, you know, Stone, 
and there's video of this on YouTube. It's funny. The Stones, mm -hmm. you know, really unapologetically is just like, so you're going to have to sit through this because, you know, we decided we want to do it. If you don't want to hear it, then fuck you. And they broke into the next two songs, which was uh, Swallow My Pride. And then they um, did Ain't Nothing, Ain't Nothing to Do, which is a, a Dead Boy song. And I looked it up when we were talking about this. And it was interesting because they had Pearl Jam played at looks like seven shows, seven or eight shows with Mud Honey on this little stint. And this was the only time they did this. This is the only time they did anything like this. Mm -hmm. They they would bring mud like the next night in, in Vegas. They brought him out for um, rocking in the free world, but they never did any Green River stuff. This was like the one and done. So I don't know if that was because it was the radio broadcast or, you know, they knew they had a captive audience or just having some fun, but they never did it before. and They never did it after. So lucky me, I was there. Yeah. And, and with the Green River um, re-releases too, I think that it sort of makes it a little bit more timely too. I think uh, at least maybe when this comes out, they'll, it's still in the year. Maybe right. it's, <laughs> Right. Yeah. 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 yeah so you can you can yeah. hear the the original Green River version, which I think maybe it's because they hadn't played it in a long time. <laughs> it's it doesn't sound as clean, you know. Sort of like uh, I think the song kind of goes like this as they're playing it, and uh, they they you know don't play the whole thing. Right. The whole thing is probably near what like five minutes or something like that, like four and a half minutes. I think the oh no three minutes. You know, the whole song is, uh, you know, it's derived from the, a Blue Oyster Cult song, This Ain't the Summer of Love. And that's where the, you know, main guitar riff and even the part of the chorus comes from. The song's been done, you know, a few times, but it's been recorded twice by Green River, mm -hmm. once in 85, and that song sounds like it's straight out of a garage. I mean, you know, one mic, you know, I wouldn't really call it, although I guess some people call that the birth of grunge, so we should all bow down to it, but it's, um, you know, I mean, yeah, it sounds like it's right out of a garage. The version that 
Green River did in 88. You know, it's much more produced. There's yeah. a lot of reverb. They've got the girls singing the one line, you know, the lyrics that are the girl's voice. And and in that version, they do the whole This Ain't the Summer of Love chorus, which is from that Blue Oyster Cult song, which isn't done in the first version from 85. Yeah, and then it was also um, covered by Soundgarden as well on their FOP EP. And that's, that sounds a whole lot more punk, I think, than the the Green River version. They, they speed it up a little bit. They kind of like simplify the playing of it. And they, they, they don't sing the whole Summer of Love uh, uh, part of the, uh, like the bridge yeah. or whatever, too. They don't sing that chorus, and you're right. It's 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 funny because it's it is kind of more punk, but you can also tell it's much more produced because it's very it's very, for lack of a better word, well, clean's not the right word because it is punk, but it's very clean. It sounds very produced. It's you know it's definitely not in a garage. There's definitely an audio engineer behind the board on that one because you can hear everything really crisp and clean. I gotta be honest, I kind of like the I think the Soundgarden version is you know I like that one I think the best. It, it fits. It, it fits Chris Cornell's vocal range well. And the band is great, and it's um, you know because I have no beef with uh, I have no beef with Mark Arm or Mud Honey at all. But it just I like that it, it suits Chris Cornell's range really well. Yeah, when you're comparing the voices, you kind of got one that's kind of it sounds more like a punky sort of uh, voice. But then, you know, the Soundgarden version right. is more punky, but then he's got like a just virtuosic sort of voice because he'll have the scream, but then he'll also have the the melody and stuff in it as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got Blue Oyster Cult, which is, you know, just. <laughs> well, right. And, and, you know, it's, you know, that that's the opening track on the album that has you know don't fear the reapers so it's like how many people actually know that song and didn't know they know that song or they just skip past it because they you know need more cowbell yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's see yeah and uh I, I think one one thing that that the fan that you need the uh that you need the vault show for is is for the uh also the the jazz odyssey it's uh in between the two uh, Green River songs. Green River Mach 4, that's right. <laughs> Welcome to Green River Mach 4. Puppet show is next. You guys are pretty excited about this though, right? Don't apologize, stop. And so the next number Jeff wrote, it's a thing called a Jazz Odyssey. You know, and
And for me, and maybe I'm the only person that noticed this, but I doubt it, that whole set, like, I won't go into too much here, but there was so much spinal tap going on in that show, people don't realize, because <laughs> at the hotel, and if you look on the Pearl Jam website, if you look up the date for this 1130 show, the picture shows the marquee of the Aladdin Hotel. Yeah, it's got night. like a, pu- a puppet it's or something it's, like it's, that, it's, right? It, well, well, no, it's got a huge marquee that says country, says country Tonight. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's like the, uh, the all extravagant. And then below that, you know, it's like Pearl Jam. And then below that, it's like the next night's George Thorogood, right? <laughs> and so going back to Spinal Tap, you know, I told them a million times. I told them Spinal Tap first, Puppet Show second. So, you know, he – so after uh, Mark Arm sings um, Swallow My Pride, he's like, this was Green River Mach 4, Puppet Show next. Yeah. And then he does – and then he does – yeah, he does the whole Jazz Odyssey, which is another Spinal Tap reference. And, uh, you know – you know, if I think people, if he liked Pearl Jam, and he liked Spinal Tap. You were in on the inside jokes because there was about three of them there before they broke into, uh, yeah, uh, ain't nothing to do. But yeah, Mark Arm was, you know, he's like, I found a quarter. I feel lucky. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was just, it was silliness. Yeah, and I, I only have to bring that up because this is the 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 second uh, Spinal Tap reference this season. <laughs> That's, the yeah. second specific jazz odyssey spinal tap uh, reference. Yeah, he's like, yeah, Jeff wrote this. It's a it's a jazz odyssey. And yeah. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's funny. And you know, the whole time, you know, after like I said, after Stone did that whole kind of unapologetic introduction, saying if you don't like it, well, fuck it. You know, then Eddie steps up to the microphone. And he's like, if you don't know what this is, you know, these guys used to be a band together and. It's history, and he just steps off. If you look on the YouTube, he just steps off to the side. He's got this big old clunky camcorder, and he's just filming the whole thing. And you know, because Eddie's never—he's not on this or the next track either. Uh, you know, he's—it mm-hmm. was kind of weird. It was like a, it was the final encore, and there was no, of a Pearl Jam show. There's no Eddie Better, so really, the last two songs were Green River and Eddie Better was just you know filming it with his you know whatever Super Eight Max camera. I don't know what else. What is there anything else for this song? Is this pretty much it? It's it's real, just a simple sort of throwback to you know a bunch of old friends. Well, I don't know if they were friends at that point, but a bunch of guys who had history together that were in a band and probably had some fun and yeah, it's it's nostalgia. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think there's much more. It is interesting because you know you just kind of said it. You know, I don't know what the whole nature of the band breakup and people parting ways and so on and so forth was, but the fact that they played like seven or eight shows together and never did anything like this before or after this one night is weird. And the fact, you know, even, um, uh, last year, well, it'll be when this airs, you know, 15 years ago at the home shows in Seattle, (laughs) um, no, (laughs) you know, last year, you know, they brought out Mark arm and uh, Steve Turner and they, I don't remember what song they did, but it wasn't this. Like this is this is the one. This is one and done. This is the only time they played this song. So it it seems like you know they they've got you know they'll play you know Chloe Dancer and Crown of Thorns from one step back in their history, but going two steps back seems to be toxic. They don't really want to go. Back. They don't want to go back and explore the Green River Library. So I don't know what that relationship's like, but but hey, it was uh, it was great to be there, and it it was it's great to. Uh, you know, they, they released it as a single, but no, it's, it's a simple song. Um, honestly, like I'm with you. I think we kind of, you know, the Soundgarden version, I kind of like the best myself, you know, if you're listening to the dynamics of just 
the song swallowed my pride check out the sound garden version it's great so we're are we at the uh we're at the plugs then well yeah the, yeah the, we're, we're we're at the plugs yeah we're, we're at the plugs if you're like a uh, like i said before if you're in vegas and you want a hot dog come come see uh come see me at steamy weenie if you're there for 30 minutes, you're probably going to hear Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains or something in the mix because I make the music that plays there and it's uh, 90s Seattle heavy. (laughs) (laughs) You'll hear something that you probably like if you're there for 25 minutes. It helps with the digestion, right? That's right. That's right. It it helps. Yeah. You know, it helps you when you swallow your pride, you can swallow your food as well. and You're down. You're good to go. Oh, see, there you go. That's how you sell it. Yeah. Boom. (laughs) Tie it all in. That's right. (laughs) The Better Band Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Better Band Pod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Bob and as always, this is Brandon saying, Hi, I'm actor Troy McClure. You might remember me from such driver's ed films as Alice's Adventures Through the Window Shield Glass and The Decapitation of Larry Leadfoot.